We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot to break down. It was a three-day weekend for, for Keith and I. We took Friday and said, eh, let's let's uh, take, it, take a day and get some other stuff done. So we do have a lot of news to catch up on, a lot of things to get into. And Keith, when we last recorded, the World Cup draw had not yet occurred. How do you feel about Team USA's chances? I think it came out as good as as you could hope for. With England's obviously going to be very tough, mm-hmm. um, but then I think they can beat Iran, and I think that uh, pending you know, Wales, Scotland, Ukraine, yeah. let's see who it is. I think they've got a good chance against against that team as well. So I I feel very confident that they'll be able to advance to the knockout stage. All right, let's see it happen. I'll admit though, I'm I'm torn. I have a lot of of English blood in me, and so I am. I usually root for England whenever whenever they're not playing the United States. And of course, so, so my two World Cup teams will now have to play each other. That's going to be a difficult day for me, but go USA all the way. Um, <laughs> we got plenty of NBA stuff to get into, though. I know there's... Hey, before, before that... Oh, okay. We would... Today, no no NBA games tonight. Yeah. Uh, recording this on Monday, they they give the night to college mm-hmm. basketball for their their national championship game. As many of you watching and listening may have participated in our oh, uh, ESPN right. tournament challenge group, at the top of the list, noted college basketball expert Trevor Lane is currently leading the group. No. I yes. haven't looked at a few days. Are you serious? There's no way. You are. Yep. Yep. You are. Now you're done. You you obviously don't have North Carolina, yeah. um, and and you you didn't have Kansas, so so you, no more points available for you. And to be fair, you are in a tie with uh, his entry name is Saul Goodman. Okay. So at as per our stated rules, uh, he will he will win. But if Kansas wins. It will go to an entry name called Go Lakers, and the the name, very aptly, front office fans. So All right. We'll uh we'll we'll take that. In the Smith family home challenge, it is down to my wife and my daughter. Our daughter is like in the 99th percentile of all brackets. Wow. Um, she's done though. She doesn't have any more points. So my wife can jump her pretty, pretty well, uh, by, by a decent chunk if Kansas wins tonight. So, so we'll, let's see, let's see, Kansas wins, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a happy wife and an angry kid. 
Um, and then if Kansas wins in the front office uh, tournament challenge pool, uh, front office fans with the entry name Go Lakers, or uh, if North Carolina wins, it'll go to Saul Goodman six three one eight Ryan uh, is the bracket owner, and or and, and you. Yeah, and me, and me. Bragging I could be right in there. Uh, well, uh, that's it. And that was complete, just blind guessing on on my part. There was no strategy, <laughs> no strategy. I barely even watch much of the tournament this year, so that that is just. Do not look at me as an expert by any means. That is total dumb luck involved there. I love it. Okay. I love it. Let's. All right. Now, cool. now, stuff. now, I'm going to be like really invested in this cha- this championship. <laughs> I had no idea. That's where I stood. I'm going to be super invested in this this championship game now. Oh man. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA news that's bouncing around. And I guess before we get it, we spent so much time talking about Ben Simmons. We've got more on him, but before we get into that, let's go with Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant. Of course, two guys that would automatically be tied together, right? But Josh Hart with the Blazers. The rumors are that the Blazers tried to repackage Josh Hart and get Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons and that they will be a suitor for Jeremy Grant again this summer. Keith, what are your thoughts on a package of Josh Hart plus draft considerations picks in exchange for Jeremy Grant? Is this the kind of move that the Blazers should be making? And what about the Pistons? Can they do better than that? Yeah, it it's interesting. You would think from the Pistons side, well, why not, right? But then my guess is they're looking at it and saying, hey, we've got a bunch of wing guard type guys we we like already you know and and obviously Cade Cunningham they have Hamadou Diallo there they've got Killian Hayes they've got Frank Jackson and then on the, the slightly bigger side Sadiq Bay. so my, my guess is that's why they didn't necessarily want uh it's not that Josh Hart's a bad player no. I just don't know that he's what they're looking for uh there in Detroit and then draft considerations we don't know what that means, right? Well, what does, you know, is that a pick from Portland? Is that not a pick? Is that pick uh, the one they got from New Orleans for CJ McCollum? But what is interesting is this, we heard that rumor back around trade deadline time and it obviously didn't happen. But as we all the time say, the groundwork has mm-hmm. now been set. So if they want to re-engage, they, they can pretty easily do that. And what's very, I think, interesting here to consider is Jeremy Grant's contract fits nicely into the trade exception that the Blazers created in the CJ McCollum deal right now, but only for the next couple months, because once we, the league year flips over, it doesn't fit in there. And then it would have to be by a salary matching or cap space or whatever direction Portland goes. So that's just something to consider, something to keep an eye on here. Uh, the dog's chiming in. He, he doesn't like that <laughs> idea for the Blazers, I guess. Um, but yeah, you, you got to see where, where this goes for, for them. But keep an eye on, you know, this one could pick up steam again around uh, right around draft time. You know, this is just more evidence. I'm seeing so many fans of other teams, not Portland, who have been throwing out these Damian Lillard trade packages. Like, oh, you know, could we get Damian Lillard for this? That's not the Blazers' plan this offseason. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to take the stuff that they got at the trade deadline and the, and the number of trades that they made. They're going to take that stuff. They're going to figure out what it's going to take to repackage those things and whatever else they need to do to build a contender around Damian Lillard. Jeremy Grant, obviously, on their list of guys that would make sense in that endeavor. It's not going to be, hey, let's trade Damian Lillard and really tear down and rebuild. No, this is about restructuring things around Damian Lillard. So unfortunately, if you are a fan of a team that would like to trade for Damian Lillard, it's not happening. 
if anything, Portland's going to make moves to try to add pieces. They're going to be a buyer yep. this offseason, not a seller. Yeah, and let, let's let, let's get into it while we're on Portland. Mm -hmm. We we don't talk them a lot. We certainly haven't talked them recently because yeah. they've been uh, pretty bad since the trade deadline. But you mentioned, right, Damien, Damian Lillard is back next year. Where I'm in complete agreement with you. He's not going anywhere. They're going to give this at least one more run of building a functional team around him. Then guys who are still under contract for them next year. Bunch of guys like with small minimum contracts that I'm not going to run through, but one guy, Nasir Littles, on the last year of his rookie scale deal, uh, proved to be a rotation last year. Josh Hart comes in, he's got that non guaranteed contract, uh, for, for next year at about 12.9 million. My guess is they'll have him back or he'll be part of a trade package. Eric Bledsoe's under contract for 19.4 million. Uh, all of that, only 3.9 million is guaranteed. Eric Bledsoe will either be waived and they'll eat that 3.9 million, whether in one year or they'll stretch it over three at 1.3 million year, a year, or they'll use him as salary matching in a trade. And what gets, I think has been kind of forgotten here is, Yes, right now he only counts as $3.9 yeah. for salary matching, but you can up that guarantee all the way up to the full amount if you need to um, in a trade. So they let's say they needed him to be at $10 million, They could guarantee it up to $10 million oh, okay. and then trade that's, it. Okay, so that's yeah. something that I did not know. So if you have a contract, yep. so $19 million right now is available or is the, the max of the contract, $3 million of it and change is guaranteed. Yeah, almost four. Almost four, guaranteed. If you are if you're working a trade and you need that contract to be 10 million, you can just amend it and have it be guaranteed yep. for 10 million dollars. You don't have to exactly. go all the way up to the 19. And the player hmm. always takes it because generally then what's going to happen is in that case, if the team doesn't want them at that 19 million, mm -hmm. they'll waive them and the player then gets his 10 million guarantee. Right. Um, it happens somewhat regularly. It's not super common, right. um, but it happens somewhat regularly. Then you get into the guys who are free agents for Portland. The two big ones. Yusuf Nurkic and Anthony Simons. My guess is both of them are going to come back. Nurkic obviously was was understanding and good with being shut down this season. And then Simons has been great all yeah. year until he was shut down. So, so you're kind of starting with as blank a slate as you can, minus $42.5 million for Damian Lillard um, on your books to start with. But you're starting with not a whole heck of a lot around that and all sorts of flexibility. Plus, they're going to keep their own draft pick now. They won't go to Chicago because they've obviously uh, successfully tanked their way out yes. of that. And they're going to get an extra pick. Uh, coming their way at some point um, could be this year uh, from, from new Orleans, the new Orleans picks a little weird. Um, if new Orleans uh, keep keeps it, if it's one through four, we'll see. We still don't know what's going to happen with them in the play in tournament. Uh, then it goes to Portland. If it's five through 14 and Charlotte, if it's 15 to 30. Right. So if you're Portland, you're hoping they don't make it into the, into the playoffs. And then you're hoping they don't move up in the lottery. That's that's what you're hoping. But maybe an extra first round mm -hmm. pick, uh, you know, with a mid, mid to late lottery pick. Um, yeah, you're looking pretty good if you're the Blazers, I think, to reset this. Then Jeremy Grant, yeah, I, fine. I, I don't have a huge issue if that's where you want to spend some of your money. A, a Lillard, Grant, Nurkic, Simons, Hart, Simons, Little. That's not. 
bad. That's the makings of something. Yeah. You, you got a lot to fill out around them. My guess is Drew Eubanks, too. He seems to have found a home. Uh, he's played really well there. We'll just touch on it now while we're talking Blazers. Drew Eubanks and Chris Dunn both signed uh, for the rest of the season via the hardship. Uh, Eubanks did four 10 days uh, with Portland, and now he's caught on for the rest of the year. But he started in every game he's played for the Blazers and played quite well uh, since he's been there. So my guess is he sticks and he'll be back as Nurkic's Billy pseudo backup. Well, if you're looking at the Blazers at the skeleton of what they can put together, right? Lillard, Simons, Nurkic, what it screams for is you need more big wings. And so Jeremy yeah. Grant in that is probably going to be one of, if not the best big wing out there on the trade market sure. available this. So it makes sense this summer if they're, yeah. if they're in the mix for him. But like we saw at the trade deadline, there might be a lot of teams. I mean, we saw what? Probably 10 teams that were connected to Jeremy oh, Grant, if not more, sure. at the trade deadline. Yeah. So I think he's going to be another hot name on the market. Let me go up. Sorry to interrupt no. you, but that may go up even more with him being on an expiring contract mm-hmm. now. Too, you may have a lot of teams looking at it and say, this is a maybe they don't have to pay as steep a price because you're only you're you're gonna factor in, hey, we may only have them for a season. Uh, you know, as you you're you're putting together that package. So yeah, let, let's see where that goes. It's it's gonna be definitely one, but keep an eye, like I said, around trade deadline time, because then uh, that's the way Portland can use that trade exception. Then uh, for Grant, it's not that they can't use it later. It's just they would have to use it later. Or that could be one where you do that blood. So, uh, sure. you know, kind of, uh, you know, shenanigans there a little. I hate to call it shenanigans, but uh, <laughs> well, what machinations, right? Machinations. Um, you know, you'll do, you'll do that. That's a nicer creativity. Term. Creativity. They're, they're yeah. getting a little creative with yeah. it. Um, okay. Let's get into our guy. No siren needed here. But Ben Simmons. Nope. Ben Simmons uh, will not be playing in the regular season or in the play-in tournament. So that means that the Nets, if they do make it through, which I think is most people look at the Nets and I'm even seeing the betting lines in Vegas as though they're like still this powerhouse team. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they make it through the play in. I mean, there's some good teams there. We saw the Atlanta Hawks the other night or red hot. They can certainly take out the Nets too. There, um, there could be some complications there, but think about this. If they do make it through trying to integrate Ben Simmons in a playoff game, in a playoff situation, this is what you and I have been talking about for weeks now. How difficult is that to do? And is that something you even want to try to do if you're Brooklyn? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, no, I I think this is, we're just, we're a week away from them saying he's not playing mm-hmm. this season because 
I understand some people have said, you know, well, maybe if you get down 2-1 in a series or 3-2 in a series, you you bring him back. But you're putting so much pressure on the guy then. And that's not a, this is not a, a Ben Simmons joke or a knock on Ben Simmons. That's not fair to do to anybody is to say, hey, you know, we, we, we put you in there, you know, make it happen uh, for us. So my guess is he's done for the year. Now, you mentioned the Nets. They're 10th right now in the play. Now, they have clinched minimum of a playing berth um, as have the Hornets. The Nets can no longer get to sixth, so they're out of that, so they will be in the playing tournament. They're they're tied with the Hornets. They're a game behind the Hawks. But they're kind of, like, it's messy because the Hornets have the tiebreaker. I think the Hawks are now in a position where they could end up with the tiebreaker still, but the Nets have the easiest schedule with four games left of those three teams. So there still is a chance that they climb their way up into that eight spot. I, it's probably unlikely they're going to catch Cleveland. They're two and a half behind Cleveland with, with four to play for them and only three for the Cavs. So I think Cleveland's probably okay to hold them off. But if you're in that 9-10 game against Charlotte or Atlanta, they have a shooting game like they did. All of a sudden, you, you can out. be out. You're done. And not even in the, the playoffs entirely. So, yeah, it's it's very weird. It was I was talking to some people around the league, and they were like, yeah, it seems simultaneously odd to be like, yeah, do we really want to play the Nets and KD and Kyrie in the first round? And while also talking like, are they even going to make mm-hmm. it? Like, it's, it's just a very odd situation. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie is prone to streaky shooting, and we saw that against the Hawks. He didn't shoot well, and then the team lost. Like, it, it in that type yeah. of scenario... Anything can happen when it's one game. And that's part of the, mm-hmm. the brilliance of, of March Madness, right? But in a one-game situation, anything can happen. So you never know. Yeah. Like it, it, The Nets yeah. have been a favorite for a while and everything, and they're still a team that people look at saying, oh, you don't want to play that squad. I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they even get through the play-in, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they can yeah. do. Well, we've been saying it too. Last thing on that is for months now, I feel like, you want to be in the 7-8 because then you get the second shot. Right. So if you have that one bad game, at least then you have that second chance at popping through and you would be at home. 9-10, you play the one bad game, might be it. Like You you might be done. And even if you win, you still got to then go win again on the road against a team that is at least you know somewhat presumably better than yeah. you are. Right. Right. Well, that's part of what's going to make this year's playoffs so exciting. So you've got so <laughs> yep. much that's up in the air, so much unknown. That's starting not, with the plan. Yeah, starting yeah. right away with the plan. Uh, yep. Moving over to the Hawks, who again played great, uh, I believe it was yesterday. John Collins, first day running and and shooting. Uh, that could be big yeah. for them to get him back and, and in action. Obviously, one of their key players, uh, somebody who's very, very talented. I'm a fan of his, but... Uh, getting him back could be really big for a Hawks team that is looking looking at you know trying to to pull off an upset come playing time. Yeah, and they, they they just recently said they weren't even ready to can like entertain the notion of John Collins being back. Um, that he hadn't been doing much, and now here they are basically saying, all right, hey, we're now maybe ramping this thing up a little bit. Let's see. We got a roughly a week right until, until the play and they'll start on to a week from Tuesday tomorrow as we're recording this on Monday. Um, but yeah, then, then we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe he gets back and that would be big yeah. for them. That would make them that much tougher of an out in the play in tournament. Um, we should also, I, I missed this. I, I, we moved ahead a little bit too soon. Ben Simmons, maybe I just didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Filing a grievance against the 76ers oh, yeah. and wants to get Jeez, his yeah. $20 million 
back, that he was fined for sitting out games. There was, in general, the reaction I've seen across social media is fans are very much not in favor of this. Now, Philadelphia fans obviously are the loudest about this topic, but still, in general, the reaction from fans has not been been positive about Ben Simmons trying to get this money back, but the NBPA is behind him, and it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this plays out, not just for this particular situation, but also for the precedent that they could be setting moving forward. Yeah, that's the 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 part there. It's it's for me, it's less about Ben Simmons because mm-hmm. I, I hate to put it this way. I don't really care if a guy who has hundreds of millions of dollars gets 20 million more or not. I don't. I mean, that's what's done is done, right? That as far as uh, that is concerned, as far as any concern I have is the way Philly or Brooklyn builds their team and their payroll and their salary structure. That part is all completely water under the bridge Mm -hmm. now. Now it's just about does Simmons get money back? Uh, One thing that was interesting is as he gets paid by the Nets, he does uh, get money deducted each week, a payroll deduction for money to be sent to Philly because he had been paid up front in his contract. Mm. So the money he owed, he actually had to give back. So I think they said it was $1.3 million. Every time he gets paid by the Nets, gets deducted and goes over to, to Philadelphia. But it's the precedent that is the important part here. Because if this is found, yeah, you know what, Philly, you owe him his money. You should have been paying him or not finding him. You could have players in bad faith act up yes. with, you know, Hey, I'm going to also sit out and I've got this problem too. Now I am not at all dismissing mental health concerns or any of that Mm -hmm. stuff because it's, it, I mean, we've had way too many athletes across all sports, um, talk about it in recent years for it to be dismissed. So you do hope that there's truth to that and all that, that, um, that that's as sad as that is, you hope that that's why he was really out. Yeah. Right. Because to me, it's far sadder if it wasn't true. You know, if it, if, if it was a negotiating hey, was ploy, fine. right yeah. now he hasn't played for the Nets still. So, you know, clearly, clearly the back issue is still a major thing uh, for him. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be something everybody's going to be watching because this could be pending on when this is heard and how this decision comes down. This could then become a major talking point, potentially sticking point in the next CBA negotiations as owners obviously will want to protect themselves from players just deciding, I don't want to be here anymore and I'm just not going to play. Right. It's such a complicated issue because when it comes to something like mental health, how do you, how do you prove that? Right. How do you, yeah. you can, you can go get it. You can say, Hey, I, my ankles hurt. You can go get a scan and you can show that you've got an ankle injury or, or whatever, or a knee. Or I tore my ACL. Yeah. Okay. There it is. We can physically see that mental health stuff though. You, you can't. And so that's why that's part of the reason why some people have been skeptical about whether or not this is, this is a true and, and valid thing. But like you said, there's also been a lot of progress there for players who, who really have had issues and maybe Ben Simmons does. We don't, Again, we don't know because you can't really point to anything in particular and, and say, there, there's your concrete evidence. But it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. And I think owners are going to be particularly wary of this moving forward. And like you said, it could be a CBA issue in the future because if you're a team owner, you don't want to be put in a position where you've got a player who says, I won't play. And all they have to do is say the words mental health and you still have to pay them. That's not a great a great position to be into if you are yep. on the ownership side of things. So 
it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Again, doesn't really matter as far as the on-the-court stuff. Doesn't matter in terms of building out the rosters, but the precedent that's being set may very well matter, not just for future seasons, but for a future CBA negotiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that, that's the big thing now. Absolutely. All right. More injury stuff. I hate injuries, but <laughs> Stephen Curry out for the regular season. Uh, he is... I am less concerned about Stephen Curry being out for the regular season, though, in terms of consistency than other players. It, Steph Curry, sure. plug him right back in and, and off you go with the Golden State Warriors. So, I, And I think there's an understanding from on their part of that as well. I don't think they have to worry about, you know, ramping up on-court chemistry or anything like that. As soon as the, he gets back in, I think they'll be able to, to take off running. They have slipped a bit in the standings, but uh, I think they're still, as long as stuff can get back for the playoffs— and be 100% or be 95% or whatever he's at, they can still be very, very dangerous come playoff time. Yeah, they righted the ship just a little bit with a couple wins mm-hmm. here, uh, including that monster comeback against the Jazz. We're going to get into the Jazz in, in a yes, couple indeed. minutes. But yeah, I think with Curry, it sounds like he's ramping up his activity. He's, he's getting back. But they're, I think the Warriors are looking at it's like, we don't, like, who cares if we're three or four? I don't think they really care. Uh, I think they're just good to to run with whatever spot they get, whether it's three or four and go. I think they'd rather be three than four because, you know, you'd want to avoid the Suns as long as you can, if possible. But, yeah, and, and it's kind of funny because right now, if they're, they're third, that was to hold. They'd get the Jazz in the first round if that was to hold. So uh, right there. But Dallas, you know, they're putting pressure on their they're they're only just behind uh Golden State now in the uh the standings are only a game behind. So so let's see where that goes. But yeah, I think you know, good news here that we'll probably have uh fully functional stuff for the start of the postseason. Well, let's just jump into it then. Let's go straight from there to the Utah Jazz. The Mavs and Raptors, rumored to be interested in a Rudy Gobert trade. Two teams that'll probably be interested in just about any center that's out there on the market. I'd expect to see Miles Turner's name pop up again this offseason with them as well. But interest in a Rudy Gobert trade, there's there's some stuff going on in in Utah. Things have not been going so well. I think Mm -hmm. we could actually be, depending on what happens in the playoffs, I think we could be in store for a big shakeup in Utah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think you can run back again if 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 they you know finish out where they're at, they lose in the first or second round. You cannot run it back with this same full mm-hmm. group of players, coaches, everybody. Uh, Mark Stein's been all over the Quinn Snyder stuff, and his recent reporting was Snyder didn't uh, sign a contract extension when it was offered to him at the end of uh, I think it was last season or the season before. I uh, did not sign an extension. So that's interesting uh, and kind of rare to see mm-hmm. um, with that. Uh, you have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are never quite going at each other directly, but not exactly not going yeah. at each other um, too, which is, is very 
interesting in and of itself of, you know, Mitchell will talk about, we need to do this. And then Gobert will kind of come back and be like, well, we need to defend and all these other things. And, and that the, the team just feels broken and watching that Warriors game where the Warriors ran the same stuff over and over and over mm-hmm. again, uh, picked them apart and been, and beat them. And this is not a, well, Gobert can't be on the floor against a good team. That's not, not it. It's, it's, Gobert can be on the floor against a good team, but not he can't be on the floor against a good team with four other guys who look like they're playing defense, like they don't really care to play any give any effort on that end of the floor. Like then, you know, he's in an impossible situation at that point. So definitely messy. Um, don't know where where this is gonna go, but I'm with you. I think I do think this is gonna be an early playoff out. And I think we're gonna see major changes. My guess is. One more run with Mitchell and Gobert with a new coach and new supporting cast. And then if it doesn't work, one of the two of them is gone. And both have contracts running through the 2024-2025 season and then player options for 2025-26. So it's not like we're anywhere close to either one of them being able to say, hey, I'm a free agent yeah. next year. Trade me or I'm or peace out. I'm, I'm leaving. Um, we're not close to that. I mean, Ben Simmons wasn't either, and he managed to get a trade. Yeah, but that's it. I was going to say, but we all know yeah, that like that that can be a, a thing. But push comes to shove. Who are you keeping? If it's if it's one or the other, me or him, who who do you keep? Gobert or, or Donovan Mitchell? It's it's so hard because in general, I'm going to keep the defensive player of the year, big should be able to fit with just about anybody over the smaller scoring guard. But in this case, there's enough of a difference in age, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, Gobert's four years yep. older than, than Mitchell. So I, I'm probably going to go with Mitchell and hope, like, hey, I can build a, a Mitchell-centric offense and get get it together that way. Um, that's probably where I'm going to go. But, yeah, it's it's not it's not an easy call for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what winds up happening there in Utah. but. We could be looking at a, a big change this offseason. Again, like we've, we've said before, Danny Ainge now involved in the decision-making process. He's probably itching to to make his mark on the team as well. So. Let's see. Yeah, that's a great call because this is – he didn't draft it. Yeah. Either of these guys, he's got no attachment to these guys at all. So, yep. I think some changes are going to be cool. coming to Utah. Uh, jumping over to the Denver Nuggets, Monty Morris says Jamal Murray is ready to return. Come on back, Jamal. I know he's not back out on the court with them just yet, but man, I, I'm still hoping, still hoping. I know we're running out of time, but I really want to see this Nuggets team a- as close to full strength as they can get come playoff time. Cause I'd be, I'd be interested to see what they could do if they could make some noise. It's, it's unlikely it's taken so long to get these guys back. It, it takes a while to get into a rhythm. I'm not saying they'd suddenly become one of the top teams in the conference or anything, but I want to see the best players compete come playoff time. And so I'm I'm hoping that the Nuggets can get these guys back uh, with Jamal Murray, obviously being a big, big piece there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that was Monty Morris, uh, but I will say Michael Moore didn't completely throw cold water mm-hmm. on it. He basically said, Jamal wants to be back. He's working really hard to be back. You know, we're hoping he'll be back. How, however, he ended up putting it. But it's, I mean... Again, we're starting to run out of time here. They've only got three games left in the regular season. They're not going to be in the play, and most likely, I don't think Minnesota's going to make up the two games they have to with three to play. So that's, yeah, that part, I I think it'll probably, um, I, I don't know. I was going to say I don't think he'll play, but, I mean, it sounds like he's really close, so I'm really not mm-hmm. sure. I, I don't know what, what to make of this one. 
Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully he can, he can get yeah. back out there. One guy who did return, Gordon Hayward, did come back for the Hornets, and that, that's a big deal for them. They're, he's going to be an important piece for them come playoff time. Uh, it's going to take a little bit to to shake off the rust and all of that, but, I mean, at least we're seeing somebody get back out. I feel like every day it's just, well, this guy's this guy's out. This guy's done for the yeah. season. All right, here's a guy who's who's come back. Yeah, and, and it just adds to their depth. You know, we'll, we'll see if they get through the plan or not. Um, you know, I kind of give... As, as awful as this sounds, just because of all the injuries and we don't know what to make of Jared Allen, is still out. Mm-hmm. We Mobley maybe will be back in the next game or two uh, for Cleveland with only a few to play. Um, I kind of give the Hawks, Hornets, and Nets like almost equal odds of getting through, you know, two of the three being the ones that get through here just because I feel like Cleveland has just slipped yeah. so far that I just I don't feel great about picking them at this point. But I, I don't know, man. Charlotte? I don't, I don't think they can beat Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly in the mm-hmm. first round because they'll obviously be playing one of those three. But I also don't think it's super far fetched that they could either. It's really unfortunate talking about the the Cavs because they've they had such a surprising and great season and fun yeah. season and just all of that. And now it's been, this is when you want to be playing your best basketballs. Right now, you want to be peaking right now, heading into the playoffs. And they're kind of going the opposite direction. And a lot of that is injury related. And that's just kind of, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. But um, that's yeah. uh, that's where the Cavs are at. I'm, I'm in agreement. I don't think if I look at a matchup with the Cavs for any of these teams, that it's a, you know an insurmountable challenge to, to take out the Cavs if you wind up with you know Hornets or, or whoever it is in that mix. No, without a doubt. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, we're we're getting down to it. Uh, Goran Dragic in health and safety protocols. That is still a thing. It feels yeah. like it's it, it, that feel. It, it, you can tell me if you feel this way, too. But to me, I feel like that was like a season ago or a year ago or something. It feels like we've had all this time between when we had constant streams of players going into health and safety protocols. But it wasn't. It, it was like a few months ago <laughs> that we were doing this. Yeah. Where it was, it was like mid to late January yeah. that that was kind of wrapping up uh, from that major like wave of it. And that's the worry sometimes is I've had people say, you see one guy and they're like, all right, and one guy. If this turns into five, six, seven mm-hmm. guys, now we, we've got issues. But it's one player for now. So let's see you know what happens. Uh, hopefully this is not something that impacts the, the playoffs at all. We do know Goran Dragic is vaccinated because mm-hmm. he's been playing in home games in Brooklyn prior even to the, the mandate uh, changing there. So, so, so let's see you know, where that goes. Um, let's get into, well, let's go rapid fire here through some, some signings, end of the bench type of guys, but magic signing Devin Canada, your, your hometown team. What's, what's that all about? Yeah, basically, this is a chance. This guy had earned a call-up uh, a year ago and got hurt and missed out on his opportunity. He's been kind of toiling away in the G League, doing his thing, playing really well. And uh, he was not part of that COVID-related wave mm-hmm. of stuff because he wasn't quite ready at that point. Um, but this is the magic kind of making good on, hey, you're, you, you've you you've done it. You stuck it out. Let's let's get you up here and bring you up. So, you know, good story for mm-hmm. him. Uh, you know, good, good, good uh, sign of you know hard work paying off. Uh, the Pistons have signed Carson Edwards to a two-year deal. Yeah, uh, and then the thighs that fly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think about that? That sign. And then Braxton Key gets a two-way, and they wave Chris Smith. But what do you think about that? Those moves there. 
Yeah, I think um, so. Let's go backwards on him. Chris Smith uh, was a guy that the the Pistons picked up. He got um, he he got uh, um, sorry. I think the dog might be chewing a power cord. Oh, so um, the um, so sorry, he's crazy. Um, <laughs> the um, Chris Smith was a guy the Pistons signed to a two-year two-way with the idea of he would miss most, if not all, of this year rehabbing from a torn ACL suffered in his last year at UCLA. Then he re-injured the knee um, while rehabbing, so this was going to be then another whole full year uh, till he would be ready. So they liked what they saw from Braxton Key on his 10-day, so they wave uh, Smith, they they sign Key and bring him in. And then Carson Edwards comes in and fills the open roster spot that they had. And what's interesting with that one is Edwards was tearing it up in the mm-hmm. team. He was scoring a ton, shooting really well. He's just very small. He's about 5'11", 6 feet tall. So he's just not a guy who has great size for what he is as a player. The hope always when he was with Boston was he would develop into like a microwave score after right. match, like Lou Williams, Eddie House kind of guy. Uh, like that, obviously, Williams, the maybe one of the best to ever do it, if not the best, um, for the small scoring bench guards. Um, but Edwards he couldn't pull it off in the NBA. It's starting to feel like he's a little bit like one of those uh, 4A players in baseball. Yeah. It's too good for the minors, but not quite good enough to cut it in the majors. Right, right. But, I mean, the Pistons will, will give it a shot and see see what can happen there. Yeah. Also, can't yeah. can't mention those scoring off the bench guards without mentioning Jamal Crawford. The, Just a little bigger. He, he was sure. like legit, like six Sure, more, more size. The guys are all right around six feet. But yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm the one who's been saying they should change the six-man of the award, uh, six-man of the year award to be named the Crawford Williams six-man of the year award because those two guys, nobody did it better than them for as long as they Hey, did. speaking of which, I've got a, got a question here for you, and this isn't on our, our show doc, so this is kind of out of left field here. Um, oh, let's go. Yeah, so this, this is my question. So this was brought up on, I think it was uh, Jalen Rose was talking about this. And I actually agree with him on this, even though it would even though it would be a negative for it for the Lakers. So LeBron is right now a couple of games away from from qualifying for uh, for the the point scoring award for for leading the NBA in scoring. Uh, first, he said he said first of all that it should be a cumulative thing. It should be the total points scored on the season, not the average per game. And that's where obviously LeBron hasn't played. For large chunks of the season and so that's mm-hmm. why so he would just barely hit the games played number in order to qualify and then his average could actually win him the scoring title this year i actually agree with jalen rose i think the scoring title should go to whoever scored the most points total not average per game because of situations like this what do you think about that it's really tough um you just definitely won some Celtics fans over because this has been a thing on Celtics Twitter because for a lot of the year, that lead has gone back and forth between Jason Tatum and Trey uh-huh. Young. Um, so there's a lot of Celtics fans who feel like, hey, Tatum's there every game. Like, you shouldn't penalize him this game right. when, you know, he, may, you know, sometimes he goes out there and plays on nights when points when maybe he shouldn't have been out there at all. And that brings down his average and all that stuff. I... I don't know. I guess I don't really have a thought on it. I don't give a lot of consideration to the scoring race. Mm -hmm. It's not something I've really ever 
cared all that much about, like as odd as that might sound to me. And that's probably just a result of, uh, you know, I grew up broken where no one was ever going to be Michael Jordan. So what difference did it make? <laughs> um, so I guess that's probably the, the, the reason why I just don't really care about it. It was more like who's second to Michael Jordan, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I don't know. I'd have to think more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, the, I guess the significance this season is you would be having a 37-year-old potentially sure. potentially win it. And so there, there's a little bit more behind it than a typical, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah, amazing yeah. what LeBron has done yeah. at his age 37 season. But then when we look at it, how many games has he played compared to other guys? Should it be a total points thing? Something that, that I'm interested in, in getting into. So uh, everybody watching, front office fans, let us know in the comments down below. What, what do you think? Should it be... Total points scored, or should it be points per game? Should it be an average? Give us your thoughts on that. Uh, last thing, just to bookend it, Blazers. Hey, sign. So we started with Blazers. Let's finish with Blazers. They signed yeah. Drew Eubanks and Chris Dunn to hardship deals for the remainder of the season. Yeah, yeah I touched on it very briefly when we were talking about the yeah. Blazers, but yeah, they're, they're still down. They've got eight guys that are out for the season. So they've got these couple guys who are going to play it out on the hardship. I, Chris Dunn, I, I don't know. I mean, he's looked kind of okay, but mm -hmm. nothing special there. But I do think Drew Eubanks might have found himself a home after, you know, he, he had been with the Spurs for a little bit. Cut as he was part of that trade of uh, Dragic for Thad Young. Mm -hmm. um, and now it seems like he's found a place back back home in Oregon, uh, or at least back home as far as that's where he went to college. Um, but yeah, uh, he's played well for them, really played well. And I could see a world where he's back on a minimum contract backing up uh, Yusuf Nurkic next year. I, I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. It would not be a bad fit. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Appreciate all of you joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, and don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And, of course, give us that five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to help out the show. And if you want to leave something in the review section as well, we love reading those. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya.